through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives. I am one of your co-hosts, Jack Bauer superfan Mike Cushing. And I am another one of your co-hosts, 24 newbie Curtis Perry. And I am the third and final co-host, and Jack Bauer, and I regain superfan Michael Howard. Michael, you're taking a pretty um, antagonistic stance on the podcast, and I gotta tell you, I don't hate it. (laughs) I mean, I like that guy. He's very smooth. He's got his shit uh, together. Does he know? Yeah, I think we're starting to see some fraying at the so, edges on so old high regains. Little crackies, little crackies happening in the well, old you know, facade. This episode. You know, people aren't doing their shit right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I will say, I think we're all on board. High regains is still the best television villain of all time, probably. Mm-hmm. Wait, Curtis has some. Uh, wait, Curtis has seen the Flash, so he's not interested in this. <laughs> that there, well, there's that, the best of everything in television history is on the wire. That's so, okay. That's but there fair. is there is there well, really uh, a hey, villain hey, Curtis, on the wire though, Curtis? Let yeah. me please, please. Curtis. It's not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! Hoisted by my own. Got you. Card. <laughs> Got you. Good job. Good I've job, been buddy. waiting. I gotta be. I gotta be honest with you. I've been waiting to make a joke about that tagline for like seven years, and it's finally paid <laughs> Got off. Got it. Got and, it. And I'm, I cannot tell you how happy I am that 14, 14 people will listen to that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Okay, so it is now 8 a.m. on the day of the California presidential primary. Um, a lot went down last week. A lot of good things. Um, so it's 8 a.m. David Palmer is being rushed out of the power plant after having been maybe almost assassinated. Uh, Terry and Kim are being pulled back to the shed uh, that is their now abode after being pretty much definitely almost assassinated. Yep. And Jack is being walked into the Secret Service command post at the Santa Clarita power plant. He meets Agent Frank Symes, who he had called earlier in the day, uh, about an hour and a half ago, to get cleared into the event to carry a gun. And uh, they have a, a little bit of a showdown, huh? God, yeah, and this Jack finally said the words, man. He told he Frank, say? he said, Frank, you guys are running out of time. He finally said he's so so good. (laughs) He says a lot in this one. And we also get one more Jack word later in this episode that I was super happy about. Um, But Jack, so Jack makes a couple of admissions here. Um, He says, I know you're uh, obliged to follow procedures, but I did this intentionally to which Frank Simes says, "Uh, uh, yeah, no shit. Um, uh, You called me earlier for clearance to bring in the gun to which Jack says, if I wanted to shoot David Palmer, I would have done it with the gun that you allowed me to bring into. Mm-hmm. Why would I do this? I went for the gun of uh, Secret Service agent Hayes to create a scene and get Palmer out of the room. Um, so he he tries to lie a little bit more with uh, Symes, and he's not having it. No. Nope. Um, and basically, he you know he warns him that Belkin is there um, and that things are maybe Jack's not as bad as he seems. Well, yeah, and not only that, but like. Palmer isn't out of danger just because they have Jack in custody and they've ushered him somewhere else. Right. So Jack There's tries to warn him the bigger threat. And um, Symes tells Jack that, hey, your own people called you in. Tony was the one who said, you know, you were in tr- you're, you might be a threat. So, uh, so Curtis, how did you feel when you learned that Jack kind of knew that Tony sold him up the river? Uh, I mean, I, you already hate fucking Tony. Right and now you. Well, figure, you hate you hate Tony. 
I'm, a, I'm ambivalent towards Correct. that. Correct. And, and maybe that changes by the end of this episode, because we don't know. Um, but, but I think, I think Jack was, he looked like he was fine with it. I don't think at this point Jack's so worried about his family and getting the fuck out of there. He's got bigger, he's got bigger fish to fry. And he is at this point, you know, cuffed to a pot, a pipe, which also happened to a Mr. Liam Neeson's (laughs) in Taken. Yeah. Yeah. See, 24 laid all the groundwork for, for two. Do not cuff a man looking for Kim to a pipe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of being handcuffed to a pipe. Uh, we cut back to Jamie. At that was CTU. a good. That was actually a really good cut. It went. It like zoomed in on Jack's yep. handcuffs and then zoomed out from her handcuffs. I like that one. Yeah, and unlike last week's episode, I fucking nailed that transition. I really got <laughs> it. Did. Everything went great. Good yeah. job. Yeah. No, everything was awesome. Um. So basically, uh, we cut back to Jamie. She's being interrogated by Tony and, and Nina. Uh, basically says you have to talk to us if you want any help. So she gives them the name Gaines, not Ira Gaines, but just Gaines. So mm-hmm. they have something to go on. And uh, we learn why uh, why Jamie was involved. Um, and it's not anything super nefarious. It's just that she needed the money and she didn't think anyone would die. She just was tapping into the surveillance. And yeah, so- she didn't think that, um, you know, if she gave a terrorist uh, access to a counterterrorism unit, uh, of the FBI that they might want to be killing somebody? Like, what What did you think was going to happen? Maybe a little hacking? Maybe somebody was going to find out that Donald Trump beat on somebody? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we don't know what <laughs> was... We don't know where in the files, but... So, basically, Nina knows that she needs to get back out on the floor of CTU and run the fucking place, because no one is, apparently, because Nina and Tony, the ranking officers of this fucking That's place... That's true. Who's in are charge in if room? they're in the uh, ITS room? Fucking Milo. As, as we will learn later, Milo, the freelancer, <laughs> is in charge of the fucking entire office. Would okay. Rayburn be in charge if he wasn't dead? Oh, God damn it. Where's Rayburn? <laughs> He's at the fucking breakfast buffet, just getting like, a cup of coffee and looking for the mini muffin. But he can't <laughs> find them because there's nothing there. Or the OJ. Hey, was that the one? I thought I saw a little spark in Nina's eyes when she heard the name Gaines. Really? Know. Maybe it was just me. It, it seemed like she had a little bit of recognition of that name. Uh, I, I don't remember her hearing it before. So I was just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm suspicious of everybody still. Interesting. So. Okay, I, I, I was telling Michael this earlier. I didn't get to watch this episode as closely as I would have loved to. Uh, just due to some life events. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was mostly just like taking notes hurriedly as, uh, as like I was hearing the show. So I missed out on some stuff. Uh, but there's some things later that I, I agree. Uh, there's, there's some yeah, weirdness. It seems, going I was going to say, like, it seems like, um, like Jamie seems to be a lot closer with Nina. Like maybe she doesn't trust Tony or something because it seems like she, when she's like appealing to them to like stop doing this to me or like, why are you doing this? It seems like she keeps looking at Nina. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, like Walsh said that you could trust Jamie and, and you know, it was Nina's boss and maybe they're like closer than Tony or like if Tony's, I don't know, for some reason she doesn't seem to trust Tony the same way she trusts Nina. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we'll get into that in the next couple episodes, but I know that T, uh, like Nina and Jamie obviously had a, like a relationship going on beforehand. Um, I think just they trusted each other clearly. I don't know about Nina recognizing games i didn't see that because again i wasn't watching terribly <laughs> closely but uh we're gonna get into that but so basically nina knows that she needs to get back out of the floor but she's also knows that the place's whole the entire surveillance camera system is compromised by uh jamie's tap so jamie says i know what to do i know what to tell Gaines. so we cut back to Gaines's compound 
the video of CTU cuts out, and uh, he calls Jamie. Well, before that, though, Gaines is is talking to somebody, right, on the phone. He is talking to someone, yeah. And he says, I need to know, did Jonathan get a shot off? So he clearly has no idea what happened or if, you know, Jonathan, who, you know, our Martin Belkin lookalike, has gotten even yeah, right. So we learned two, we learned even, two things there. We learned one: the name of Creepy Snipefish is Jonathan, and mm-hmm. two: we learned that Gaines obviously has very many more people on the ground and probably some contingency plans. If Jonathan didn't succeed, Jack didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. So we learned we learned a couple things there. But it also makes me think that like that maybe Jack that Palmer might be more important than Jack. We had this conversation last time, like it. If Jack doesn't go down, is it still worth it for him to kill Palmer? And it seems like it is because he he wanted to know if Jonathan got a shot off. Right. So we'll so we'll move into that in the next scene. So uh, Gaines calls Jamie after the cameras get cut out. Um, she tells him it's because Milo was getting too close to realizing that the cameras were were compromised. And he says, "I just I need Bauer. Get me Bauer. Tell I need him right now." And if that's not going to happen, I will move on. Mm-hmm. So if he can't get Jack, he's got something else up his sleeve, yep. but he wants Jack if he can get him. Yep. So, I, Michael, I agree with you that Palmer is the target. Like yep. It's definitely something that Palmer has done in the past. He's the chief target. And if they can take Jack down with him, that seems secondary and great, but yep. not vital. Right. And, and I was losing this cool a little bit. He starts screaming in this part. Um, you know, I'm like, well, where's that cool, smooth guy who was telling Jack? what to do every step of the way. Now he's, he's starting to lose it a bit, knowing that his plan would be falling apart. Yeah, things um, are unraveling. But before that also, because uh, you missed some partial nudity you need to call out. <laughs> hey, you man, know? my eyes were on my notepad again. I took eight pages here. <laughs> so so Nina had to change shirts like Jack does. Yeah. She did it right in front of everybody and showed that she had bruises. And from the bruises that I saw, um, Jack's grouping skills of his bullets horrible. Well, very, he was like three very, inches away, and somehow he he had like a twelve inch grouping. Yeah, yeah there were the there were two region. in the chest and one in the tum tum. Yeah, um, yeah. Jack. I mean, again, though, she was struggling, and he was, you know. But again, if he was trying to hold her flak jacket shut, he probably could have just. I mean, one, I would have put him through like the armpit hole, just yeah. kind of like, yeah, oh, I got her, I got her real good. She's <laughs> defo dead. <laughs> um, but speaking of Nina, so she, after this phone call, she says, we're going to work up the name Gaines. Uh, she walks over to Milo and says, forget the key card. You're going to take over all of Jamie's projects. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Milo's only concern after hearing that Jamie's out of action and he's now in charge of the entire fucking building, apparently. is like, that cash. I want mm-hmm. that cash I need money. That paper dough. Yeah, yeah. Give me, I just want to bump and pay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, he's a businessman. He's not going to do shit for free. Yeah, so then um, we get a quick scene with um, Palmer and the Palmers in their limo driving away from the power plant. Palmer was talking to Mike. He learns that someone is in custody for his possible potential attack. And him and Sherry say, you know, have a a tender moment. Just don't overread the attack. Um, They mentioned something that he was previously rushed out of a building in Annapolis that turned out to be nothing. Whatever. Um, so now we cut to, um, get to Jack Bauer. Um, yeah. boop, boop. so he's back in the Secret Service kind of, kind of command post. Says that he needs to get in touch with his people. He's been tracking this assassin since midnight for, you know, going on eight hours now. And, uh, Frank Simes is not having it. He says, I need to turn you over to the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jack asked him to, to speak in private, 
or off the record, I off guess. The record, he says, yeah, he says no, you can speak on the record, but he at least, you know, allows him to speak privately with him. And Jack says he will disavow any knowledge of what yeah. he is about. He's to like, say. if you ever tell anyone this, I will, I will deny it. But he basically tells him, you know, my wife and daughter are kidnapped by the same people that are probably after Palmer. And I need, basically, I need to get back in this. Yeah, and so he needs Frank he says, back in uh, Yeah, tough titties. He says tough titties, but he it, he at least admits it's a possibility. And uh, basically, well, he says you can tell people at at division the same story you just told me, and maybe they'll be able to help you out. And Jack just kind of defeated, says like they won't. Right, because Jack did does Jack does admit smuggling in a sn- <laughs> a snooper rifle and yeah. handing it to an assassin, which Frank's is like you probably don't want me to believe. That. Yeah, <laughs> but Jack says, well, I got him out of the room, and that's what counts. But I have to turn you over to the district. So he, three agents take Jack away and they start walking through the power plant, through some industrial uh, pipes and whatnot. On and the way out, ru- though, uh, Fr- Frank says, I'm sorry, Jack. And Jack says, you will be if Palmer dies. Which was, uh, yeah. was a nice, it was a nice parting line, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a good throwaway line, for yeah. sure. So they're walking through uh, some pipes and uh, they run into... A pretty classic video game, like <laughs> last of. Say, <laughs> it was a tutorial. It's like, oh, hey, it's like oh. a tutorial mission of a video game where, like, some steam blasts. Like, ooh, yeah. and like the guy's like, oh, watch out for this handle, and he like he closes the steam valve, <laughs> and then as Jack and the his Secret wheels Service are turning agent, real quick. Yeah, like as as Jack and the Secret Service agent just walk past like eighteen more like steam valves. <laughs> Uh, Jack shoulder bumps one valve, sprays two agents in the face, tackles Agent Hayes, uh, takes his gun, uh, and then, like, keeps blasting steam pipes as he makes his, his escape, and, uh... God, the Secret Service is so fucking incompetent. We told you, Curtis. We told you. Jack was in custody for ten goddamn minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, so, so, Jack runs out, he escapes the build, the power plant, he runs out, he jumps a fence, rolls down a hill, gets in a car, and Michael... Just like you said, Jack escaped Secret Service custody before the first commercial break because we cut to commercial just as Jack jumps in a car. By the way, I love the continued yell of A. Hayes saying, Bower! Bower! As if he's going to stop. <laughs> oh, someone called my name. You oh, called oh yeah. hey, uh. Sorry, guys. I think, you know what? I think that might have been Jack doing most of that rolling down the hill, too. Like, I mean, not, I mean sorry, that might have I mean, been actually Kiefer. You think rolling it was down Keith? the hill. I don't think I don't think Keith does his own stunts like Keanu Reeves does. Was it uh, was it Rossif? Is that the name of his brother? <laughs> no, Rossif is not Rossif. is nine inches taller. <laughs> yeah. <than Jack. laughs> so okay, it's now eight sixteen. The first commercial break ends. Jack is in the car with a gun on a uh, a nice lady driver in a big old station wagon, which yeah. is a car that existed uh, before <laughs> two thousand five, yep. before crossover know. SUVs and whatnot. She yeah, tried to maze him. She tried to maze Jack. Oh my god! Yeah, she tries to maze a dude with a gun on her. Like, yep. are you trying to die, lady? So she, I mean, yeah, pretty bad acidly. She tries to uh, pepper spray Jack. He dodges it somehow. <laughs> I don't know how you do that? It's just spray. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he guides her into a parking lot or like a construction site. We get our second damn it of the show. <laughs> by the way, everyone, yes. please take a drink for our listening audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, he, they park. He pulls her up to uh, the 
office trailer building. It says, I don't want to hurt you. I just need your help for a little while. If you come with me, I'll let you go. So they break in, and we cut back to CTU. Uh, By the way, just all I thought of when he pulled her out of the car and walked her in that building, I'm like, no, Jack's got a goddamn escort mission to complete. (laughs) (laughs) This this was a very video game episode. By the way, though, the 24 video game was great. It's actually very bad. Um, no, it was great. I loved okay. it. Okay. Do you do you remember seeing the twenty four video game in Superbad the movie? No. Uh, Michael Sarah is playing it as uh, Jonah Hill is trying to get dressed with his dad's clothes, <laughs> uh, and Michael Sarah is like, "You don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Terrorism." It's <laughs> a little tidbit for y'all. Thanks. Michael, I'm shocked you didn't realize that because I almost failed out of college playing that game with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was great. Regardless right. of what you say. So we cut back to Tony and Jamie talking. Uh, it's now 819. Tony says, how could you do this knowing your fellow agents might get killed? How much are they paying you? A million? Two million dollars? And she <laughs> oh, no. says $300,000. And Tony, he just gives her a look. It just He's so disappointed in her. Mm-hmm. For, like, she, for 300K? You she, calls out, she calls out the old wage gap. Oh, yeah. Well, she twice as much work and get half the pay. Well, she says that, but it's also that her husband left her and her son with nothing. So, you know, she's she's destitute. She has a kid. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about that, Curtis? You know, you're always talking about, you know, you you would do anything for your for your child. How do you feel mm -hmm. about Jamie now? Do you feel any any differently towards her? You're coming at him pretty strong. I'm just saying. She's going to prove me like that. I'm just saying you were you were very hard on Jamie. I was. At what? Because she's mm-hmm. a traitor. Yeah. Okay. She's, yeah. she's a traitor. Now, now, I she still has a job, right? I'm assuming she's not poor. Well, like, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know what the CTU is paying, but, but I'm guessing it's, it's at least a livable wage. Probably pretty know. good to be a hack, and she can always go to the private sector and make a ton of money. That's what. And then Tony, Tony says that Tony right. did say he's like, you didn't have to take the job. Right. Is what he says. So, so you know, I don't. I'm not, I mean, I'd do anything for my kid too, but nobody's going to complain about me making, you know, a hundred grand rather than 200 grand a year. I don't think. I don't think she's so, making a so, hundred grand. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that, that, that a computer analyst at CTU is probably maybe pulling in 35. Bullshit. That's there pretty is, low, Michael. Is, yeah, the private in sector. In 2001? That's a, that's a highly specialized in set of skills that she has. Hmm. Yeah, so Tony does say something. Probably derogatory to her in he Spanish. He says, uh, eres una vergüenza, or vergüenza, which means you are a dis- disgrace. Oh, Michael, thanks for looking that up. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I wanted to. Again, I didn't have time. <laughs> so Nina walks in, and uh, she wants her to call Ira Gaines and string him along so that Jack is on his way back to CTU uh, from District, where... Uh, Jamie had already told Gaines he was going to. So um, Jamie says she will not talk until she gets immunity signed by Chappelle, the uh, district CTU leader. Um, phone call. It's Jack. He apologizes. Nina says, I didn't, you know, he had no idea what was happening. Um, everyone's being held hostage. Can you imagine this conversation? So he, Sorry he I goes, had to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, so he goes through this whole thing. He's like, sorry I had to shoot you. Like, they were watching me. Like, I came in uh, Terry being held hostage. 
So Jack has a hostage of his own. Uh, who yes. We will find out his name, Lauren. Her, She's a waitress from a coffee shop. Her Can you imagine eyes. hearing this thing, though? Oh, God, her eyes in this scene are just amazing. Because he's like, oh, yeah, uh, they wanted me to shoot Palmer. I was in Secret Service custody, but I escaped. I'm sorry I had to shoot you, but they were watching me. And she is just like, what in the shit? Am I what, in right now? What in the absolute dick hell have I gotten myself <laughs> into? <laughs> yeah, so it, it it's completely insane. She has a fairly appropriate reaction of just being yes. like, what? Yeah. Um, but so Nina tells Jack about Jamie. Oh and, my God, uh, this Jack- is great too, because it's like, it's like when your mom tells your dad when he got home all of the shit you did while he right. was gone. Because she's <laughs> like, so oh yeah, she's like. Oh yeah, she won't. She won't tell me anything because she says she wants counsel. She's not cooperating. He's like, "What do you mean she isn't cooperating? Put her, Put on, her the on the phone." phone. And she's like, "Your dad wants well, to talk like, to you, Jamie." Remember, remember, he said, he said, he said, Walsh, Walsh cleared her, and right. Jack was just so distraught. He's like, what? No, my whole world of trust is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm Jack on this solid Walsh, just cornerstone, and it's all fucking gone. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. So so that Walsh cornerstone starts to erode very quickly. Yeah. Um so Jack realizes she had access to everything of yep. this entire operation. Did she mention Terry and Kim? Um and basically she said she doesn't know where she's being held, so Jack says put her on. So Jack <laughs> says, Jamie, you know me. You know I don't care about protocol and I am true to my word. Mm-hmm. Um he and he says, I can fix this, just let me know. She's like, You can't. This is bigger than you. And he's like, only four people know about this, and I can shut up Tina and, uh, sorry, Tony and Nina. Um, just Tina and Noni. Tina and Noni. So Jack <laughs> says he can shut up Tony and Nina. Just yeah. tell me what I need to know. And Jamie will not budge. Mm-hmm. What does Jack do? Oh my God, he the man, he gets on the, the man phone. Whose, whose family has been kidnapped. Yeah. He um, tells his associates they should do what, Michael. <laughs> Or she's got a son named Kyle. And the way he says Kyle is just, oh, God, it is so, so full of just contempt. And he basically says, uh, you need to bring this young child in and get her to talk. So, yeah, through, so he, he basically says to Nina, we need leverage. Bring mm-hmm. in her son, who is basically all she, all Jamie has left and everything she's done is for this boy because her husband left them penniless and destitute so he's just bringing them in mm-hmm. and well jack knows how effective it is um when yep. your family is right. uh on the line so it's basically for for someone who is at the end of the rope it's if they have a family it's the one thing that is tying them to the rest of the world so he <laughs> uh basically says to bring them in and then he tells nina i need a car well first though he says you need to bring in kyle and Nina says, no, we can't do that. We have to be careful. And he just completely blows right past that objection and says, I also need a car. Like, he does not even acknowledge that well, she objected to this. To be fair, 30 seconds earlier, he had told Jamie, which to be fair, Nina had not heard. I don't care about protocol. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just Which, funny, like, he doesn't even acknowledge that somebody, like, somebody objected to this. He just blows right past it, and then she completely forgets her, her objection. She's well, like, oh, me, okay, I guess we're doing this now. To be fair, given the rest of this season that we've all talked about so far, this show could just be called I Don't Care About Protocol. <laughs> like, Jack does not. Like, that's a, a recurring theme. 
<laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> so you know, she basically says, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a car. Uh, where do a you want a car it? with nine millimeter ammo, yeah. a locksmith kit, a CTU com, yeah." Set, set, and she basically they arrange to set it up. And uh, Jack hangs up, and Lauren, the uh, waitress, just looks at him and just says, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and Jack basically tells her everything that he's, you know, he's he's government agent following orders. His wife and daughter have been kidnapped, um, and that he cannot afford to be taken into custody. Um, and basically, he's like, uh, he's only holding on to her because if they get close to me, I have to make them believe that I'll do something crazy. She's like, like shoot me. He's like, I'm not going to shoot you, but I have to make them believe that. And just and he's just kind of like peeking out the windows looking for cops and. Um, she just basically says, like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think I believe you. Bold move, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a, a guy with a gun in handcuffs who mm-hmm. has admitted it to escaping the Secret Service, yeah. she's just like, yeah, I'm out. And so oh. she gets up and walks away and tries to escape. And, God, uh, so good. <laughs> Jack, so good. So she's she's basically just like, hey, Jack, everyone's got problems. I got a DUI like uh, charge I got to be in court for in 45 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and duck right the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm out of here. Good good um, luck with your crisis. Yeah, she says, good luck with your crisis. <laughs> and uh, what does Jack immediately do to her? Oh, he pulls that gun <laughs> real fast. Yeah, he yeah. says, and he says, I have killed two people since midnight. I have not slept in more than 24 hours. Maybe you should be afraid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Maybe you like- should be a little more afraid of me than you are right now. Yeah, yeah right? I just like no one seems to be like fully cognizant of Jack's murderous capabilities, which, like, she doesn't necessarily have a reason to, but I don't think I would, even if I had, like, had some trust that this was a good man in front of me, <laughs> I probably wouldn't just be like, yeah, he's he's probably he's, not gonna shoot me. He's bluffing. He's bluffing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. So, it's now 8, basically 8.30. Um, we cut back, the Palmers have now returned to the ho- their hotel. Um... Hmm. My notes are, are not great. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no. Uh, so, so Sherry, they get back to the hotel. Um, people are like, you know, all of his staffers are like, oh, my God, are you OK? Um, somebody said there was a gun. And Palmer basically tries to calm everyone down. He says, no one knows exactly what happened. He's like, the important thing is I'm intact and I'm as cranky as ever. So let's get back to work. They all disperse. As they're dispersing, um, Sherry says to one of the staffers, she says, hey, where's Keith? And they say, oh, he went out um, and basically says, like, I- I'm a little worried about him. He seemed he seemed like he was upset. Um, and Sherry says, oh, I'm sure he's fine. Um, you know, don't worry about it. Um, and so they, you know, they, Palmer, you know, Sh- Sherry and David talk back and forth. They're like, maybe we should check on him, you know, see, we'll see where he is. The weird thing, though, is that, like, he has Secret Service detail. Right, mm-hmm. so, he clearly, so Palmer, Keith left a half hour ago, and Palmer's just like, "No, he's fine." Right, like, and, and they're then, like, "We don't know where he is." Like, but the Secret Service is with him. Can't you just call them and find um, out where he is? I don't know if you guys have realized it. <laughs> the Secret Service in this universe is bad. They are poor at their profession. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> but like they should have like I mean like whoever is is on his detail should have immediately like grabbed him and brought him back to the hotel with everyone else. What I mean there was a threat on David's life. They're so not that's, aware of that's my big thing. So and mostly because of Palmer's lack of concern. Because so 
Sherry asks, should we send someone after him? One, acknowledging that maybe the Secret Service isn't directly with him. And uh, Palmer says, no, he just needs some time alone. And there's a pause because Sherry just gives him like, are you like the are you fucking kidding me look? Yeah. And he's like, OK, I'll call the Secret Service. Um, so in in that time, um, Sherry kind of asks David about Maureen Kingsley, the reporter who is about to break the story about Keith. Um, says. There's no time to tell our story before 9 a.m. when Maureen goes on air. Can we stop her? And uh, David says, not really. It's a huge story. There's nothing to fight her Yeah, on. he says she won't budge. And it's yeah, like, her. you you tried once, and you didn't really try anything other than asking her what, what she had. Yeah, and we get this weird mix of, so Palmer, like, being correct in saying that if you'd wanted my help, you should have asked me seven years ago when this happened, when they all hid it from him. But also just being like super intractable right now in the moment. Like, he's oh. just like, it's happening. Might as well yeah. do it. Yeah. And she says, I've seen you do the impossible for your career. I'm just asking you to do that same for your son. And he, yeah, then he responds like, yeah, we're just going to deal with it regardless of how the story comes out. And then he says, if you wanted my help, you should have asked for it seven years ago. And it's like, so are you? doing all of this because you're upset that they didn't like are your feelings hurt that they didn't bring you into this seven years ago that like they didn't think you could help so you're sending your son to jail because you you got a hurt butthole like i don't understand yeah i i, I don't like david palmer uh, <laughs> i don't know if i've gotten that across to you guys in the last couple episodes he's, he's a bit of a dick uh and he's a bad father and so yeah yeah, I think Sherry's right here to ask yeah. him to just maybe try and give it the old college try. Yeah. Like you yeah. didn't do in the final four. You didn't make it there. You lied. Mm-hmm. Like shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. This is a weird juxtaposition of Sherry and Palmer, like David Palmer. Like clearly he's supposed to be our sort of righteous, judicious hero. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of an uptight dick mouth about a lot of things like. It's also an interesting juxtaposition between him and and Jack, right? Jack is like literally doing everything within his power to save his his daughter and his wife, and Palmer's sitting there just like fucking doing nothing to actually actively trying to send his son to jail because right. it's, of some bullshit justice. It, right, it's shitty because he's doing the right thing. It's very nuts. So it's now eight thirty one. Um, we cut back to Jack in the trailer. He calls CTU and Tony picks up and, uh, they kind of catch up a little bit. He asks Aww. if Kyle. That's so sweet. Yeah. It was, so there's a lot going on. So, um, basically they ask if, if Kyle is there yet. Kyle being Jamie's son, he's not. Um, Tony tells Jack that the car that he had crashed is 10 minutes out, which by the way, a little more than 10 minutes. <laughs> um, basically, uh, they get a little bit of nice, um, Back and forth here, like some grudging respect. Jack yeah, says, Jack gives him a little the, bit of props. Yeah, yes, this is, you know? the, the, the Secret Service told me that you're the one who called to take me out of play. And uh, given the information you had, that was the right thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, Tony's like, yeah, I'm sorry I had to do that. If I had not if I had known what you were up, up against, I would have done that. But Jack says, I wish I had known earlier who I could have trusted. And I'm glad you were there for Nina. So we got some like begrudging respect growing between these two titans of industry it's it's like a little little friendship brewing huh little little respect between uh between these two former bin fuckings of nina 
they're Eskimo brothers. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is true. They they finally realized they're Eskimo brothers. Curtis, yeah. how do you feel about Jack and Tony, like now and in the future? Um, I think they'll still hate each other. Uh, <laughs> I think that this is just kind of that you know that uh, professional courtesy. Um, you know, hey, you, know, you did the right thing. We're good. We're cool. You still have a soul patch. You still think you can fuck my girlfriend. That you know, just still gonna go at right. But for right now, well, Jack. Good, I mean, Jack you know. does say like, I'm glad that you were there when Nina got back to CTU. Right. Like basically acknowledging that, like, you know, you're you're her man now. I'm not gonna step on that. Like right now. Right now. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. busy right now. When I get back. I'm totally going to work. May or may not change. Yeah. So as Jack's talking to Tony, he's looking out the windows constantly. He sees a bolt cutter in the distance in a truck. Sorry. He sees a bolt cutter in the distance in a truck on the construction site. And he uh, hangs up and brings Lauren, our waitress, over to the glass and says, I need that bolt cutter. And he sends her out to grab it. Well, first he says, do you see those things that look like hedge trimmers? (laughs) And she's like. The bolt cutters, yeah. Like, like Lauren's clearly been around the block. Yeah, like Jack, don't, that's a little don't, sexist. Yeah, don't okay. condescend to her because she's a woman. Be like, oh, you obviously know what hedge trimmers are, but not bolt cutters. Like, fuck you, Jack. Yeah, he's kind of a dick a little bit. So, <laughs> um, so weirdly, she runs. He he lets her out of the thing. Um, and this kind of sets up a scene later in the show, but um, she runs out. Jack has her his gun on her the whole time. She grabs a bolt cutter. She brings him back up. She clips him free. And no one in back. the job site gives a fuck that there's just dude, a waitress running around. Dude, no whatever. one gives a fuck and a half. Just so you know, this would have been the end of my part in this episode. <laughs> like, there is no way in hell I'm not going out that door, right down the steps to where Jack can't see me with his gun out the window. It's fucking jetting. Like, I don't have time for this bullshit. I'm out. Right. So that actually, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, so he's already told her that. You know, he's a government agent who mm-hmm. will not hurt her because he wants, you know, he's not, he's not in as a killer. Mm-hmm. She's, mm-hmm. and like her, her only leverage is that he, she needs to make other people think that he would kill her if he yeah. had to. Yeah. Yeah. So she could have just run away. Like he's not going to shoot her because if, if he's a federal agent who shoots a civilian on the <laughs> run, like he's done, like he's going to like Leavenworth forever. Like, He's he's never coming back from that. No, so like, put him under the jail for that, right? Uh, yeah. Like, so he could have just. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. Never mind. <laughs> no, Michael, Michael, Michael. It's a white woman. He's going under the jail, like immediately. That's is that what you wanted to say? That's no, fine. I was going to say that. Um, <laughs> Jack doesn't not shoot civilians I, sometimes. Sure. Sure. But he doesn't shoot waitresses, white waitresses named Lauren. But that's just not in the cards for Senor Jack Bauer. In season one, anyways. (laughs) Right. Well, Michael, you're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. So anyway, um, so she clips Jack free. We cut back to um, David Palmer's chief of staff, Mike, at Palmer Central. He bursts in on Palmer, who has apparently poured himself a drink. A little brown. A little little brown. Yeah, which, you know, to be fair, if I had just been possibly shot at, I, I'd probably pour myself a little bit of whiskey. Basically, he says that he's heard from Frank Symes at Secret Service and that a secret, a CTU agent named Jack Bauer had tried to take a gun from an agent. He escaped. And uh, Palmer just <laughs> says, Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer. Mm-hmm. And Mike says, you know him? I've heard the name. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I thought... He clearly, it, there's something in him. He knows who Jack Bauer is for some reason. For, for some reason, I'm thinking this might tie back to those 80s that Jack jumped in. Um, we heard about 
the blackmail people in the first episode. Yeah, but what? See, I, I, I'm getting suspicious of some things because, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming they've met each other before and they're all connected. And I think that maybe it wasn't that Ira wanted Palmer to die and Jack to go down. Maybe he wants them both dead. And so we'll see. Anyway. Okay. So David also has a a very appropriate response to uh, Mike telling him that the Secret Service let Jack Bauer escape. You're like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. How the hell indeed, David? Uh, you don't know how steam pipes work. <laughs> Your Sorry. Secret Service is fucking awful. Sorry, idiots. Yeah. Jack Bauer knows how to work his shoulders a little bit. So, um, so guys, this next scene, we're going to work through oh, it real God. fast. Oh, God. It's, okay, oh, so... In in a previous episode, we we had talked about in a previous blog post. We talked about why we cut this shit from previous episode, not knowing that this was up ahead. Because frankly, I'd forgotten about it. And I didn't love it, but we need to talk about it here because it serves the plot. So um, we cut back to the Gaines's compound. We cut to Terry and Kim. They're hanging out in their little hay bale like ranch. One of the henchmen uh, comes in and Eli. tries to grab Eli. Comes in to grab Kim. Uh, to take her take her away for some uh, bad times, um, and Terry offers to take her place. Say, "I won't fight you." It's me. So I wrote "Gross Rooney" nineteen yeah. times on my page. This whole for scene all this. is fucked, and not only okay, not only is it fucked because it's. I mean, it's just a, a gross thing to do. But like, he literally had a gun to these fucking people's heads forty minutes ago, right? And yeah, and then the, he the goes in the, there so like we, like how like this guy is like it's not a, he's not even a fucking human being he's like right. no no it's it's disgusting like she fights him off like him fights him off and then it's you know it's like please do this to me right and so we, we've rather than my teenage daughter it's it's just fucking disgusting. yeah this whole so scene we of, yelled about this a little bit and like again on this show it's sort of I don't want to give it a pass because it's two thousand one and like they, they weren't like things weren't quite there but we talked about this last week and we cut it because it just didn't fit into the show but again the show has made a point of sexual assault on for nicole david palmer's daughter and then last week they made a point of having kim pull someone on top of her pretending to be raped yeah um, to cover up the escape to cover out of there yeah exactly and like so the, the fact that they used it again as a plot point to like Move the make Terry find a way out of the their situation was really upsetting and again like it's just it's gross and it just as much seems, as I love it the show, seems like certain, such lazy yeah. like such lazy writing and I want to say it's lazy two thousand one writing but again like for a show I love it, it sucks to see this in there sorry yeah. Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off well, and I don't address it you know like no. she comes back in and everything like she's like a fucking hunky dory and right it, you know, basically yeah she just says like this is not gonna be part of our life going forward we're gonna get out of this it, right it, and it, so yeah it sucks so like we hear some gross belt noises and later when we cut back to terry and kim terry just says this you know you me and your father are gonna have our lives back you know when we get out of this and this won't be part of it and kim's like you know what I mean you're not gonna tell dad like no not gonna happen. So th- this all sucked, and I, like I apologize to everyone for this. I, I get, this show blows sometimes. It's not but it all basically. It all it all the whole point of it is that Terry uses this as a way to get a f- the phone from Eli. Well, yeah, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. But okay, yeah. So it's eight forty one. 
we cut to a the aide of David Palmer, who was concerned about Keith early in the episode. She has a phone in her hand. She knocks on the door, and she tells whoever's in there that it's Maureen Kingsley on the phone, and it's Sherry, not David. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sherry, uh, or Maureen, wants to know why Sherry's calling her, and she's I'm about to go on the air. And Sherry tells her, don't run the story. Leave it alone. It's not worth your time. And basically just says to Maureen. I got something better. Yeah, I have something better. There was an assassination attempt on my husband, and there's a cover-up going on within the government. The assassin works for the government, and he may not be acting alone. So Maureen says, are you saying there's a government conspiracy to kill David Palmer? And Sherry basically says, just give me a few hours and days to not run the story. I'll get you in touch with my sources, which again kind of implies that Sherry has is some, a boss. Uh, she's a boss. She's making boss moves right yeah. now. Exactly. Yeah, she's basically like, yeah, I'm not not saying that. Um, and I'll get you some proof. Yeah. See, as much as I dislike Palmer now, I I love some Sherry Palmer. <laughs> right. She's making moves to protect her family. She's she's Jack Bauer of the Palmer family. <laughs> she really is a full on boss. Yeah. In all ways. So, got after this, so a couple minutes later, we cut back to Kim and Terry. Terry is released back into the room with Kim. Basically, uh, Kim apologizes for saying, if I hadn't snuck out, none of this would happen, which, again, is some, some bullshit I didn't like. Um, but Terry says, we're going to be a family again. None of this matters. And then she pulls the phone that she has lifted from Eli, the terrorist, out of her pants, and and uh, Kim, for some reason, says, where did you get that phone? <laughs> Which, <laughs> fuck you, Damn. Kim, in a million, like, yeah, fuck Oh, idiot. I found it, I found it, it in a goddamn you. hay bale. God yeah. damn. So, uh, Terry rapidly calls CTU, she gets a hold of Nina for a brief moment, but before she can actually talk to them, uh, the, uh, door to the shed opens, and our, uh, our, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure terrorist journeys in with a giant case, and uh, they hang up the phone. Oh my god, this doesn't make any sense to me, by the way. So, first of all, she she should have just left the phone on, right? I mean, they could have traced it or something, or she could have heard something. But beyond that, our terrorist, henchman, just walks into the room. He tells him to stand in the corner, and then he walks over to an open room. Open. An open room, and not even a door. He doesn't have to unlock anything, he just opens it and turns on a light and there's just like cases of things in there. Right, so he he starts loading things up into a, a larger like metal case that he brought into the thing, which again reminds us that they are getting ready to leave this compound, but like which Terry, mentioned earlier. Terry, like, she, she walked off that entire hay bale room and like was shaking fucking bars on windows and never once went into this room and said like, hey, I wonder what's in these cases. Probably nothing. Probably not guns or anything. No, probably uh, not gun or like yeah. something I could like stab again, somebody in the, the neck with. Thing. Maybe she just went left and never went back. <laughs> all right, sometimes it happens. I'm like, just saying, if you're if you're in the video game, you got to explore all of the rooms before you just give up. Maybe the knob never blew for her, or so for an icon to press. You don't know, man. That's true. Or might have had to get broken down a little bit, but <laughs> sometimes you need you need the objective marker to tell you where to go. Yeah, well, well, that's, just, that's just a fact. Um, so it's 8.44. We cut back to the Palmer suite. Uh, David's on the uh, phone with someone, and uh, Keith returns to the suite. Um, and it's we learn it's basically 10 minutes until Maureen Kingsley is about to uh, spread the news. 
Um, and Keith just does not want anything to do with his dad whatsoever. Well, Palmer tells him he's got his he's got his best people working on it. Oh God! Oh, the best he's, lawyers. He—he's just. Oh, I hate him right now so much. <laughs> he's yeah. self-righteous prick. It's just—it's so you'll, you'll be fine, son. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like Palmer seems to just have his blinders on to like a million sorts of different like racial realities, yeah. which is done. Uh, but so Keith walks away, kind of just flabbergasted, like we all are. And uh, Mike, his chief of staff, walks in and tells David that. Um, well, don't worry about it. Kingsley is going to sit on the story um, because, she, you know, <laughs> things have changed. And uh, he says, maybe you got to her. He's like, no, it's got to be something else. And then uh, out of nowhere, like a raven from heaven, uh, Sherry Palmer walks out of the other door. <laughs> and uh, David pretty almost immediately recognizes that uh, Sherry had something to do with this. Yeah. Yeah, she plays real innocent. Like, oh, that's great news, David. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> David immediately says he wants to talk to Maureen uh, after she goes off the air. And Sherry is like, uh, isn't it just smarter to leave leave alone? You know, if she's not going to do it, then let's just leave it alone. David tells her it's smarter to know everyone's motives and looks like daggers at her. Her fucking motive is saving her child. Yeah. I, oh, God. And it's that. like, so basically... <laughs> He finds out that she's not going to run the story, and they have a couple extra days to to come up with something. And his yeah. his response to that is like, "I'm going to call her and find out why." And it's like, "Are you active? Like you're actively trying to to get the story to come out now? Like you, you're you're going out of your way to make this happen?" Yeah, for like it, it's very odd that he like seems hell bent on sending his. <laughs> flesh and blood to jail yeah but it also like it kind of speaks to you there are there's no shades of black and white with david palmer no like it's all just like right or wrong and like i feel like this is going to come back to speak to why someone wants him dead like he must have mm -hmm. done something that like just on paper looked good and he was like nah fuck it yeah we're gonna go ahead and do it <laughs> so anyway so we cut back to Jack. He's sitting in the uh, in the trailer, just sort of uh, with his head and hands with Lauren, and we get some um, we get some information on Lauren. Uh, <laughs> we get we another we get another kind of weird scene where it's like <laughs> she tells him that oh, it's not it's it's her first DUI in a couple of years, and he asks if she has well, a problem. Well, so deeper than that, though, we find out that. Uh, I think, so she had a sister who's been living with her and her husband for a little while, mm -hmm. and uh, basically things happened, and the husband left and made made Lauren choose between her and the sister, and Jackson, let me, let me guess, you chose the sister. Mm -hmm. um, so, we get the sense that uh, Lauren believes in family, which is important in the next couple minutes. Yeah, but um, not in, like, not driving drunk, and then... We have a little laughy laugh about DUIs. <laughs> I have bad luck <laughs> because yeah, so I keep driving like drunk. Luck. Like, right. fuck you. What the fuck? That's not bad luck. Right. So, so Lauren's going fast and loose with the law for sure. Um, but Jack basically says, I'll let you, you know, no matter what your problems are, I'll let you go as soon as I have my car. And uh, he kind of, he gets. He gets very tired, huh? <laughs> he gets well. He gives he gives a little uh he gives a little Jack background or, or Jack ground. Ooh, call it. Hello, Ooh, right? 
Right. New segment, Jack Rounds. <laughs> you know, lets her know that he's ex-military, uh, did some CIA field work, mm-hmm. and he's seen some shit out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But today, to fucking day, is the worst. Yeah. It's the most then, scared he's ever been in and, his entire and as life. Scared, as scared as he is, he needs a little nap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he nods off. Oh, I do want to, <laughs> Curtis, let me rewind real quick. <laughs> So, this is the first expansion of the Jack universe we've seen. Like, he's mm-hmm. been, he was in the military and did the CIA. Jackiverse? Like, he did field work. Does that seem important to you? Yes. Okay. Obviously, it's all important to me. I mean, I, I've always wondered since I saw him in those Navy pants what he, you know, what he did in the military um, and how it tied to some things. And, and also, you know, how, why he and Walsh trust each other so much, right? How did Walsh save his life? I, you know, I wanted to know these things. So, I'm sure it's all going to tie together with what we're seeing here. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, he, like we mentioned, he's kind of has his head against the wall. He's slowly nighting off, and then he full-on falls asleep, and uh, Lauren sort of slowly tries to get up, <laughs> and Jack wakes up immediately. Oh, my and, God. Uh, like, did she think that was going to work? He literally just told you he did fucking Field work in the CIA. Like, this man can't sleep with one eye open? Give me a fucking break, lady. Well, to be fair, that is the last time in this show he will ever show fatigue. (laughs) Yeah, because it almost ruined him. I don't know. We'll see. I got some things to talk about at the end of the show, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, so we get ahead. It's now 8.53. We're we're closing in the end of the show. Um, We come back to Tony, Nina, and Jamie. Uh, they're still trying to get info, and Jamie says, I will not talk until I get counsel, and I need immunity f- signed by Chappelle. Um, so Tony finally lets her know, I think you're going to talk because we're bringing in your son, Kyle. Um, and uh, how do you think he'll handle seeing his mother handcuffed as a traitor? He's going to mm-hmm. carry that with him his entire fucking life. Yeah, and she says... This is one of the times where she says specifically, she says, Nina, please. Right. Right. And it's like, at this point, I just don't understand what benefit it has to her to not spill the beans. Yeah. Like, there's no reason at this point to not talk. Like, Jack has already promised her that if she helps, he'll get immunity. And that seems to be her best option. And Tony Tony drives it home because in the next scene, he says, Gaines already knows who you are. Right. And he knows that you have a son. And if he can't get to you, once we take you officially into custody, if he can't get to you, where's he going to go? He's going to go to your son. Right. This is her best chance. He still thinks that she's working for him. Right. And it's like, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. The whole rest of this just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Curtis, where are you at? Yeah. She needs to go ahead and give it up. Like right. it's just at this point in time, I mean, what what do you have? Your entire life is based if you you know betrayed everything you believed in for your child, and you want him to have a good life. Just it's time. Right. It's time to change it. So we're gonna get a we're gonna get some couple shades of this one real quick. So right. And she, she says, says and she I'm, also says, yeah, I'm confused. I need a minute. Right. She says, I'm very confused. I need I need some time to think. And it's like, so what do co- you what do you conf- I don't understand what she's confused about or what she needs to think about. Like she needs to think about having legal help so she she's been asking for immunity through their boss Chappelle the entire time so i mean i get that to a certain extent but she also doesn't want her son to see her handcuffed as a traitor um so we cut back to jack at the trailer at the construction site a cop car pulls up immediately with uh sirens blaring cops jump out jack says that he needs lauren the waitress to go and get this car 
which seems, you know, she's already gone on one mission for him, like 20 feet away. But this seems drastically unrealistic, even though she knows that, you know, um, you know, maybe his family is, is uh, in danger. And uh, basically, she asks, like, she has one question. Are your wife and daughter really in danger? And uh, Jack yeah. says, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So totes in danger. Yeah. And she basically says, uh, yeah, fuck you, And Jack. so so she walks out. She walks past the cops. She's walking out of the construction Which, site. Okay, and then- I don't, also don't get this. Like, the cops are there. The Secret Service is there now. They're casing the construction site, and they see this random waitress come out of a fucking building, and no one yeah, even bats an eye fine. at her. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Michael, there's always waitresses Michael. walking in and out of construction site buildings. Michael. Pop quiz. <laughs> is the Secret Service good at their job? <laughs> no, but there are other cops there. That's, I mean... Well, LAPD doesn't know what's going on either. They could yeah. be like, oh, yeah, waitresses are always around construction sites. Hanging out pies and whatnot. Um, so, so Lauren almost walks all the way to the car to bring it back to Jack. Mm-hmm. But um, she stops out directly outside of the construction site. Mm-hmm. Did either one of you guys think that she was... Actually, gonna no, go get the car. I was shocked she made it as far as she right. Did. Yeah, so, I would have snitched immediately. Oh, yeah. so she's, like snitchel's time. Mm-hmm. She stops and runs directly back to the police officers, and Jack is like, "Oh no, crap!" And we and get another jumps. damn it. Yeah, he yells. We got one more damn it. Um, he runs out the back of the uh, thing. And oh yeah, he parkours his way right out of that. We bitch. Are, we're off to the races. And okay. Curtis, I have a, I have a, a, a comment here. <laughs> I just wrote fitness with nine question marks. <laughs> so. He seems to have some solid endurance here, but the speed. Jack's forty time is maybe eight point three. Yeah, like no, he just—he was. A, he's not a light jog. He's quick. He's not fast. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah so he, so but, he, what, he like runs very slowly away through. It begs the question, though, if he could have just gotten out the back window and mm-hmm. gotten to the car, why didn't he just do that a long ass time ago? Why didn't he tie her up with all the accoutrement they right. had in the place and then run away with it? And yeah. then sneak out. Yeah. So anyway, so he runs away. He he jumps onto some street in L.A., finds a unlocked car, pulls down the visor, finds its key, mm-hmm. plugs that in and drives away. And guys, I, maybe this was a 90s thing or early Do people do that? No, was no, that no. That thing? was the government car. That was, that was his car. car. That, was the, that was the sedan, the silver sedan. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, because yeah. it had government plates. Guys, I'm so stupid. <laughs> but no, because you're right, though. In movies, they're always like... Yeah, in movies, it keys, happens a lot. Keys in the, which nobody fucking put keys up there. No, why would you keep your keys in the car in the first place? So, like, do you not have fucking Okay, so pockets? maybe I... T- so, yeah, okay, I took that as a thing because it happens all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's just like a rando... Okay, well, great. So, Jack's now in his government mandated vehicle. Yeah. It's now 8.58. Yeah. We come back to CTU. Milo is looking for gains, uh, or for a keyword gains. He's got a huge list of potential criminals. Uh, Nina tells him to cross-check that with things they know about our Ira Gaines. Which is, uh, you know, why did he have to be told that? Seems like a pretty obvious thing to me, but right. whatever. Think, think about a plane crash yeah. and Alan York <laughs> and uh, Pentecost, the other best suspect we have in custody from two hours ago, which yeah. no one has talked about yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. What so- happened? Because fucking Walsh, or not Walsh. Uh, He's a division. George Mason, Mason. Mason. Yeah, Mason has been it. talking to Pentecost. He hasn't 
said anything about this dude? We've heard nothing from them. I assume we will in the next episode and a half, though. They're waiting for Rayburn, maybe? (laughs) Rayburn, get into the goddamn office, you some bitch. Anyway... I wrote, so, I wrote here that that uh, that fuck off Milo. He's like the he's like the new Tony. You hate Milo more than Tony. Well, he's he's just he's a nosy little bitch. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, what, what's going on? Why why are you guys doing this? You can't just You're tell me wrong. all this stuff. You're not wrong. Milo sucks. Let's let's cru- let's cruise through this because I know Curtis has some comments. Well, so, no, but I just want to point out that. Tony tells Milo, you're not the internal affairs, do your fucking job, and we'll tell you what you need to know. But Tony is the fucking one who didn't understand that he wasn't internal affairs and he needed to do his fucking job for the first eight hours of this goddamn show. Michael, are you saying that in the next four (laughs) hours, Milo will uncover the entirety of the plot and become (laughs) the hero of this show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because the progression is there. We've seen it already. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so, um, so Jamie, so, so, sorry. So, uh, I'm just saying the, t- leave- the tables turn real quick for Tony, you know, very quick. Also, Tony is probably my favorite character in this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> hard growl from Curtis. Um, okay, so basically, Nina and Tony go back to check on Jamie. Uh, Nina tells Milo that, uh, Jamie's son is being brought in and to, Call her when it happens. So uh, Nina tells Milo that he just needs to mind his own business and just also bear in mind that uh, Jamie's son, Kyle, is going to be brought in pretty soon. And when he is, give her a call. So uh, Milo's pretty shocked, kind of wonders why Jamie's in trouble. And uh, Nina recognizes the need that they need to bring Milo into the circle of trust eventually because he's about to be leading the entirety of the IT security organization that CTU has set up, which is apparently they have weird. literally no one else. It's like the the three of them. It's like Tony, Tony, Nina, and Jamie, and then a contractor. It's we have no one a, else who works here. It's not a redundant organization at all. <laughs> um, so they walk back to the ITS room. They they buzz themselves in, and we walk in to see Jamie has slit her own wrist in her Hard handcuffs. Way, She's pretty much dead. Um. They try to stabilize her. They learn that her son has walked into CTU building. And uh, as we cut to black at 859.59, Ira Gaines is calling Jamie's son. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. this this doesn't, this makes even less sense. Like, it didn't make any sense why she wouldn't give up Gaines. And it doesn't make, it makes even less sense that she would rather m- kill herself than give up Gaines. Like, if she wasn't worried about, like... She, she's that worried about going to prison so that her son would see her go to prison, but it's totally okay for her to be dead. Like, what what was she so worried about that that killing herself is better than just giving up fucking gains? Maybe that it gets, it gets out there. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what she You did. think that gains is all of a sudden going to be like, oh, no, she she totally, she didn't give up anything because she's dead It's one now. of those things, like, gains has... Has so many fingers and so many pies. Apparently, we don't one. We don't know what he's capable of because clearly their reach is extensive. But it's also it very seems very tenuous. Like if something goes wrong, he's clearly not in control of certain things. So I mean, maybe she's scared, or maybe she just doesn't want to doesn't want Kyle to see her going to jail. So she just would rather die, which is very odd. I don't know. Yeah, no, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. I'm very I'm very confused. 
by this whole whole situation. But um, the important point, though, is that Day's fucked now because Gaines is calling. She's not going to answer. Use your fancy her Nina can do impersonation. That's her power. <laughs> yeah, Curtis, where where do you think we're at right now with Gaines and CTU and Jack? Like, because I mean, already we already know that Jack has called both of them. They know they they have Gaines's number at least through through Jamie's PDA. We're I mean we're only a couple steps of separation away from from Gaines at this point. Mm-hmm. Where do you, where do you think we're going? Well, I you know like I said before, I I do not believe that anyone should perform that Jamie was the only mole in CPU. So there's somebody else who's working this this plot, and maybe they'll help Gaines understand what's really going on. Maybe they'll calm him down and let him stay where he's at, but he's coming and then fuck everything up. But I, I honestly just, that's what I think is going to happen over the next few years. We're going to find out more players in the CTU throughout this plot. Do you think so that Jamie is here. afraid of somebody else within CTU then? Yeah. Okay. So do you think it's someone, I mean, you think there's someone we're yet to meet? Do you think there's people in CTU we've already met that are kind of, you know, compromised? I'm a Is little it Rayburn? worried. I'm a, it's all Rayburn. Everything's Rayburn. Um, I'm a little worried about. And where does Tom Hanks fit in all of this? Oh God damn it, Michael! God <laughs> damn it! I will. F- no, no. I'm gonna. You know, I will edit this out. <laughs> you know, he's just he's so goddamn versatile. You he know, really is, he, just, he, he really he is. He brings though. entertainment. Actually, little known fact. Little known fact. Um, Jamie is played by Tom Hanks. Wow. I'm yeah. going to cut your audio, cut your audio feed. <laughs> those, those bangs are impressive. Um, yeah. Mr. Hanks, I really appreciate the hard work put in there. Uh, yeah. No, he's so good. I'm done. I hate the show. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen his son, Colin Hanks? I have. Good, I love Colin Hanks. There's some good work there as well. Yeah. That show with him and Bradley Whitford from uh, West Wing? Pretty good. West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Curtis, is this show where where politics happens. Veep. Yep. Nailed it. Alright, well, before we dive too deep into uh, Veep lore and just completely, maybe for the third time this episode, lose the entire thread, uh, how about we call it a night, fellas? What do you say about that? Yeah, I think that sounds I think that sounds good. Tony can go to hell. Yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us on the longest days of our lives. But uh, as always, well, not as always because it's been a minute, but um, you can find a blog post for this episode and uh, for our other show Trends in Low Places on goodbuddymedia.com slash blog. Um, I have recently started uh, reblogging, so, uh, you know, we're going to continue to make a habit out of that, I hope to God. Um, but, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. And, Michael, how else can people help us out? Well, you can find us on Twitter and the Facebooks at LDuelCast, uh, L-D-O-O-L-Cast. Um, and when you see us, uh, you know, share a post on there. Go ahead and click that share button and share us with some of your friends who you think might be uh, interested in the 24 fan cast. Uh, even if they haven't watched 24, uh, it's a perfect time to start. Um, we're, we're starting to get really down into the uh, the climax of the first half. So it's a good time to jump in. Um, 
Yeah, and speaking of that, uh, since we were gearing up right for the, the climax of, the, of that first half of the show, sorry for the hiatus. Uh, life got in the way for all three of us, um, but we are back on schedule. So, Michael, I didn't mean to cut you off. But oh, no, no, no. Just wanted to say we're, we're, we're getting back in the groove. We got a couple in the can, and we got a couple more recording in the next couple of weeks. So, we'll be back on schedule moving forward. Yeah, so look for us uh, on YouTube. YouTube's. <laughs> on youtunes <laughs> it's my new it's my new podcast app i'm creating called youtunes it's it's Down, like a cross between itunes and youtube uh yeah. it's great download us it's to your zoom yeah. your creative zen <laughs> so you can find us on itunes or stitcher or podcast addict or uh just go out to longest days of our lives dot podbean dot com um you can find and when you do find us at one of those places uh like us uh, leave a comment or a review because that is really how we uh, we kind of move up the charts a little bit and how we get out to more people, which is always great. Just, uh, you know, tell a friend, share us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want. And uh, yeah, throw us a like, whatever you got. So I think that's going to do it for us on the longest days of our lives. Michael, Curtis, we're running out of time. I don't trust nobody. Toodles. Uh-huh.